Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. How's everybody doing today? Good. So this is my first time ever preaching at Vivid Church. I have preached once in the past, though, but I don't know if it counts. I preached in Rwanda through a translator. And the translator was the pastor of the church, so I'm pretty sure he just spoke his own message. So I'm excited. Um, Seeing as how it's my first time really preaching, um, I don't want to get off on the wrong foot. Uh, Who here has seen the show The Office? Okay, The Office is my favorite show by like a long shot. Um, In The Office, there's a character named Pam, and Pam goes into labor because she's pregnant. And they want to get there the next day because they want as long a stay in the hospital as possible. So they're trying to like go through the labor pains and just suck it up till the next day. So she wants to be distracted. And so they, they're in like a meeting almost like this. And they're like, okay, we need ideas to distract Pam um, from her pains. And so Andy, one of the other characters, he gets up and he's like, I can do the evolution of dance dance. And I'm going to do that for you right now. Um, and, but he says he needs to do it in complete silence. Uh, so he starts doing it. That's all I got. I'm sorry, guys. That's all I got. Uh, he starts doing it. And then Pam starts clapping. And he stops. And he's like, Pam, I said, I need complete silence. OK, no one say anything. And he starts doing it again. And then he gets pushed off. So in Canada, we have a tendency to be pretty like stoic. Right. So. I don't want to get used to preaching to the Stoics. I want to, I want to preach to people who get what I'm saying, okay? So if you, if you get, if you're with me, um, yeah, shout. You can shake your head. You can do anything. You can, like, wave something. You can do anything you want. Yeah, yeah. You can, mm, anything you want. Um, I mentioned spitting last time. I think we would get charged more here, so just avoid spitting, and people won't like that. You won't make friends. You will, you'll come here single, and you'll leave even more single. So, Or you'll come here in a relationship, and you'll leave single. So just try to avoid the spitting. Uh, keep it to a minimum. If it's like a sneeze spit, that's okay. It happens to everyone. Uh, just, just be mindful of the people around you. Um, so if I, if I hear some response, and I get thrown off, That's just because I'm getting used to it. So uh, work with me, okay? Okay. So so it's been mentioned a couple times already that this is my first sermon. Um, And luckily, this past week was Psalm 107 to 118. And in there, there's a little nugget called the smallest chapter in the entire Bible. So I figured with my first sermon, I will preach out of the smallest chapter in the Bible. It's Psalm 117. So if you guys are ready, uh, open your Bibles to 117 in the book of Psalms. All right, it's winded. Get ready. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. We're halfway there. (laughs) For great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. 
and that's it. All right, you can close your, and we're going, no, I'm just kidding. Um, this psalm uh, is called a halal psalm, H-A-L-A-L, uh, and it means a psalm of praise. This psalm would have been sung before feasts like the Feast of Passovers, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, things like that. And it was prophetic in nature. It means that it wasn't just for the people that day, but it was speaking towards the future. It was saying that it was essentially reminding the Israelites that they were called to be uh, a blessing, not just to themselves, but to the entire world, to every nation under, under the heavens, to every people group. They were called to be a blessing. Um, not so long after this psalm, uh, and pretty much from this psalm all the way to the time that Jesus came, uh, it probably felt more like the Israelites against the world instead of the Israelites for the world. Uh, they had been taken captive. They had been brought in, out of their country, taken somewhere else. They had gone back. They had been taken out. They had gone back. And at the time of Jesus, it was they were actually under Roman rule. So they were oppressed, and they would have been thinking, okay, we know we're supposed to be a blessing to the world, but we're like basically prisoners in our own land. So we need someone who's going to come and who's going to conquer. We need like a conquering king. And so that's what they're expecting. That's what they're hoping for. And they're thinking, okay, once we take over this place, then we'll be a blessing to the nations. But uh, God's, he works a little bit different than we do. We think we need control in order to be a blessing, but actually it's, it's, it's different. So we're going to look at how God chooses to do that. Um, also, being my first time preaching, yeah. I'm not going to get distracted by notes, so I'm going to have one point, and I'm going to so beat good. the crap out of that point, <laughs> and you guys are going to walk away. If you learn nothing at all, you'll learn that this is my first time preaching, yeah. and the point that I'm about to make. So the point is this. We have an obligation to praise because of the great love of God and his faithfulness, which endures forever. Um, remember that. Write that down if you're taking notes. People who take notes go to heaven. <laughs> um, so what does praise look like? I think a life of praise looks different than just like an average, ordinary life. Okay. I think a life of praise uh, looks like a life of generosity. I think it looks like understanding where your source comes from. And what we've just read is the source is God's love and his faithfulness, which endures forever. Yeah. That means it's not just like a one-time deposit of love and uh, you can give out praise. It's a continual thing. It's something that happens again and again. So a life of praise, um, is knowing the source, knowing where it comes from, and actually like calling upon the source. Uh, not living a, and so not living a life of praise, I think can look like discontentment. I think it can look like grumbling. I think it can look like gossiping. And I think it can look like judging others. Uh, to put it into context, my cousin, he's been at an anime conference all weekend. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I judged him. <laughs> Because, because I don't know, I wasn't reminded of where my source comes from. I wasn't looking at my cousin Jake Martin. Uh, 
who's raising his hand out of uh, a lens or out of a place of praise. I was looking at him out of just my normal sinful human heart. So, yeah. So we're going to look at this a few different ways. Um, I think when we experience something, I think that certain actions demand a response. Um, my wife was away for like almost a week, and it was the worst. As soon as the fridge ran out, I was desperate. I started to live a life of praise because I needed to get back to where my source was. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I was. Um, so I went to Costco. It's the only appropriate response to having a wife away and an empty fridge. You go to Costco. All you need is $13, and you can buy an entire Costco pizza. They're okay. massive. So that pizza lasted me three days. It was all I needed for three days. It gave me all the sustenance, the calories, none of the vitamins. It gave me everything I needed for three days. So I think that we require, uh, uh, when something happens to us, I think certain things demand a response. And I think God's great love and his faithfulness that endures forever demands a response of a life of praise. So turn with me to John chapter 8. And if we can go to verse 2. When you're there, say, I'm there. Okay. So Anthony in the back, he's there. Nice. Okay. They're there. All right. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around, and he sat down to teach them. The teacher of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, there stands before, or sorry, teacher, uh, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question to trap him in order to have a, a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, isn't that like kind of awesome? People are trying to like goat Jesus and he's just like, I don't know which finger he was using. <laughs> But he was definitely writing with a finger. This is my ring finger. This is church, okay? But he's definitely writing with his finger. And uh, scholars debate what he was writing. Some think they were writing the people's names. Some uh, think that they were, he was just like writing their sins, the thing that he could like see but no one else could. It's like, oh, that guy, yeah, he likes to steal, I don't know, sheep. I don't know. I didn't grow up in those days. Um, but Jesus just like the man. He just didn't give a rip. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but Jesus bent down. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said, let any of you who is without uh, sin to throw the first stone. That'd be pretty humbling. Like you've got to like, first off, you're a group of guys and you've like grabbed a girl. Like, it's pretty weak, let's be honest. And then you're like, got a rock in your hand and you want to throw the rock at the girl. It's pretty weak. Um, but he says, okay, if you're sinless, go ahead. If, 
Yeah. I wouldn't be able to. I judged Jake for going to an anime conference just down the street. But in all fairness, I walked him there. So I'm probably also double accountable for that. Um, anyways, so again, uh, Jesus stooped down uh, and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older one first until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, one sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, uh, Go now and leave your life of sin. So this psalm talks about, it, it, well, it's, it's a prophetic psalm. It's, it's reaching towards the future. Uh, the Israelites may have thought that it was to be in control, and that's how they were going to bless. But Jesus is so much more concerned about the heart. He knew that no one's perfect. And he knows that everyone in the world struggles with something called sin. Uh, it might look different for everyone. But Jesus came to give freedom from sin. Uh, you look even here in church, we're a weird group of people. We, we're in Vancouver. We've got an Australian here. I mean, that's just as weird as it goes. We've got some like anime conference people. Uh, it doesn't get much weirder than that. <laughs> um, it's the truth, people. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but Jesus cares so much more about... Uh, where we're at. God cares so much more about the individual. He doesn't care about uh, how like big scale well, he does, but he doesn't care about like the group. He cares about the individual. So he's willing to uh, show his great love. He's willing to show his faithfulness. And he says to the woman, go leave your life of sin. Uh, I believe that she, with the best intentions, left that place, not intending to sin anymore. But I also believe that she sinned a lot more after that. I think that we're not called to be perfect, but we're called to understand where our source comes from. So I think that when we understand where our source comes from, when we understand that love, when we receive that grace time and time again, when we see, receive that faithfulness time and time again, I think that allows us to live a life of praise. So, um, all right. Um, we're going to go to Luke Chapter 23 and verse 38. All right. <clears throat> there was a written notice. This is Jesus on the cross. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserved. But this man, talking about Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember when you come into your, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. 
if you missed it, Jesus, when he went to the cross, he wasn't crucified by himself. He was crucified with two other people. Uh, both were thieves. And he was in between them. And one of them was just saying, like, uh, get us both down. And then the other one was like, no, no, no. We deserved our punishment for this. We jammed up. He didn't, but we did. And then he he's able to recognize that Jesus came for everyone. He came for uh, the self-righteous, but he also came for the unrighteous. Um, put in context, sometimes we can think like, okay, Jesus is probably looking for like someone good. Like, and in Vancouver context, that's like someone who eats clean, someone who's like flirts with veganism flirts with it it's like yeah but i'm more like paleo and it's like yeah like i've been down that road but i couldn't like bulk up as much and like exercises every day and that's kind of like oh that person's like got it made uh jesus came for that person don't get me wrong they probably need to eat more meat in their life um but he also came for the people who messed up and it's interesting because two people same circumstances different response to the love different response to the grace. I do believe that uh, things beg a response, but I also think that uh, the response needs to be accepting Jesus's love because the one guy, he just stayed bitter. He just stayed sulking and like, no, I'm not even going to go down that road. But Jesus's love so faithful and it's so good that he's willing to forgive the guy who has made a mistake, but who cries out for forgiveness. He knew he was he, he was in the wrong. Um, and that's kind of a beautiful thing about Jesus's love is it is for everyone, but it's our choice to call upon it. And I think when we, when we receive it, then we're able to live a life of praise. His life wasn't that long. I'm going to tell you, he was dead probably by the end of the day. I didn't read any further, so I can't actually tell you in like whatever, but he was dead soon. Um, but I can guarantee you he lived a life of praise from then on out. Uh, so Jesus's love is for everyone. It's not just for good people. It's not just for uh, people who can eat clean, but it's it's for everyone. And, and it does beg a response. Uh, it said that they'll, he'll see him in paradise, which is pretty sweet. I want to go to paradise. Um, my wife just graduated school. We're going to go to Mexico. That's not paradise. This is paradise. Andreas thinks it's paradise, but he's but but he lives in Vancouver, so you tell me. Um, yeah. Um, so I think that when we do live a life of praise, it affects how we go about our days. Um, about f- six years ago, I had to take a bus from Langley to Maple Ridge. Living in Vancouver, buses aren't that bad. Buses, like you get on the bus and you're standing beside like a businessman. It's like, hi, how are you? And it's like, hmm. And you just have your earbuds in and it's great. Uh, but in Langley, the further you get from like downtown, the, f- the just stranger the bus gets. So like you get onto the bus and you're like, there's like half empty seats, but I don't want to sit down beside anyone um like you go you're like kind of get on the bus and you're kind of walking and you're like looking and say justin's sitting there and there's an open seat and it's like you go to look and then you see him like grab like a knife out of his pocket and you're like i'll just stand um so it's it's the truth (laughs) like you as soon as you like hit surrey it's like it's bad news bears and then you like get to the bus stop and it's like 
I think I'm in someone else's turf right now. Like, I live in Langley. It's like the most like safe place, but you get to the bus stop and it's like, okay, I'm glad I'm six feet tall. Um, so I, I had to get on the bus and I was like not wanting to get onto the bus, uh, but I got on because I'm brave and I, I sat down and luckily it was empty, but then as we made stops, it was just filling up and filling up and filling up. And I was sitting there and I had a bad attitude at that time. And I, I knew that I needed to change my attitude. And so I started to praise. I think that praise is something that we can stir up. Um, when we're reminded of God's love, when we're reminded of his faithfulness, we can stir up that and it can cause us to praise. So I was in there, I put my uh, earbuds in, just like everyone else in Vancouver. Uh, there they have like boom boxes and it's like, I'm listening to my, my gangster rap and I'm in Langley. <laughs> it's like, why are you listening to gangster rap in Langley? It's Langley. Um, anyways, so we were listening to like Eminem and D12 as a bus, um, but I was listening to some worship music. I believe it was Chris Tomlin, um, How Great Is Our God? And I was just in there, how great, yeah, sing with me. And I'm just in there, just making it happen. But I'm like at the window. I will get off this point, don't. I was at the window and then I kind of look up and someone's coming in and I'm like, oh man, this guy's definitely got a knife. And he comes and sits down right beside me and I'm like, and before you think, oh, Dustin's being super judgmental, like he's judging his cousin for going to an anime conference, um, I, as the story progresses, you will understand why I had good reason to assume that he was carrying something. So he sits down and my perspective had changed at this point. I was living a life of praise at this point. And I, I truly believe that when you're living a life of praise, it changes how your day goes. So I was sitting on the bus and I said, hi. And it, you don't say hi in, like on the bus in general, but especially not Langley when the guy sits down and like probably has a knife or something worse. And so I'm, I said, hi, and he said, hi, and I said, I'm Dustin. I'm, and I don't even remember his name, this is so long ago. And we introduced each other and I said, how's your day going? He's like, I'm having a bad day, in different words. Um, and I was like, oh, sorry to hear that. Like, and he just started opening up. And so now you'll understand why I think he had a weapon. So he told me that he was on his way to his grandparents' house in Maple Ridge uh, because he just got sentenced to prison for an armed B and E, he was he was an accomplice. He didn't have the weapon um, at the time. I didn't know if he had one then. But he, they allowed him to have like two days to get his affairs in orders, and then his grandparents were going to take him to to prison. And I remember thinking that must be a crappy day. Um, and so I just started to share about like where my hope comes from. I know my day wasn't that bad. I had to get on a bus. Uh, he had to get on a bus to go to prison. So I knew even though mine was so small, I shared like, hey, have you ever heard about Jesus? And he said, no. I was like, okay. He's where I, I get like my hope from. He's like, oh, like, do you want to hear about him? He's like, yeah, I'll hear about him. I'm like, okay. So we, we talked and I, I, I just shared really simply that I, I believe that no one's perfect. I believe that everyone's fallen short of God's standard. I think he does have a standard, 
but I also think that he sent his son to die on that cross so that whoever believes in him, just like the guy who was beside him, will receive everlasting lasting life and not perish. I think there will be laughter in there as well. Um, but And I said, he's like, oh, yeah, I want that. Okay, how do I do that? I was like, it's easy. It's just a quick prayer. And so I prayed with him. Um, it's an acknowledgement that Jesus is God, that he loves you, and that he's forgiven you. Uh, so it's, it's two things, acknowledging your fault and acknowledging his grace, his goodness, his lordship. And on that bus, I went from bad attitude to speaking out praise to living a life of praise to him who was going through probably one of the crappiest little seasons in his life to ending that bus ride living a life of praise. So um, I think that praise is the appropriate response for receiving God's great love and his faithfulness that endures forever. Uh, it does, it's not just a one-time deposit, because truthfully, I need it every single day. I needed it even as I was judging my cousin Jake. Uh, I need it again and again and again. And the cool thing is, it's it's his faithfulness. It's not just a one-time thing, but it's a it's a faithfulness. It's a, it's a steady flow that anytime we call on it, we yeah. can receive it. Um, so I want to I wanna speak to a couple people in this room right now. Um, I want to speak to people who are living for God, who know his goodness, who know his love. Um, I want to ask you, are you living a life of praise? If you've received it, that's awesome. If you've received his love, if you've made had that same prayer that uh, the guy on the bus had, if you've talk to him like the thief on the cross, talk to him. That's awesome. But I want to ask you, are you living a life of praise? Um, I think that's something that everyone needs to ask themselves again and again. I know I need to ask myself again and again. I've had to do it multiple times today. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.